Hey, dude, is it on? All right, cool. So it's uh, February 3rd, Saturday, 2018. This is the first episode of the On The Grind podcast with your host, me, Justin Brown. And uh, here on the On The Grind podcast, we hope this is the first of many to come. But ideally, what we want to do is every episode, we're going to talk and uh, have a conversation with, well, not we, me, I'm going to have a conversation with somebody who is up and coming in their respective field, whether it's the arts or construction or, uh, I don't know, SEAL training, whatever. If if they're working hard and I see that, you know, that'll make me want to talk to them. That's something I've always found interesting and respected in a way. It's just people <clears throat> willing to do what it needs to be done to get where they want to be in their craft. Um, it's a little about me. I guess I should talk about me um again justin brown hailing from temple hills maryland uh the temple hills for you know people to watch football anyway 28 years old uh been in the stand-up comedy slashes comedy game for three years and some change now based out of washington dc which is a nice a nice spot to get your comedy career started if you're not lucky enough to be born in new york or la i guess or can at least afford to live in those places i'm doing comedy in a place where i can afford it <clears throat> but it's a good place to do comedy meet a lot of cool people out here um people that are willing to work hard and put the work in and those are you know the kind of people i gravitate to and that's hopefully the kind of people whether it's in stand-up or whatever the field is uh it's going to be i hope to bring to you guys on this podcast but uh <clears throat> today again is february 3rd Meaning it's the third day of Black History Month, folks. I don't know if any of you out there celebrate the Black History Month, but uh, you know, I try to celebrate it, you know, every year. I try to, you know, stay black the year round, but you know, February uh is a good month, you know what I mean? It's the shortest month, but at least with Black History Month you might get some deals or some discounts on some crap and you know, I'm always looking for a nice shirt or a nice pair of glasses, so <clears throat> if I can get one of those going, that'd be pretty cool. And if I can't get that going, you know, I'll still be me, the same old G, as they like to say. They don't like to say that. Anyway, Black History Month. Man, I remember as a kid, you know, we all probably celebrated it reading like a black <clears throat> historic or a person, an important person in history and grade school and stuff. And, you know, I, I, that's, I don't know, I guess that stuck with me. I don't know, I'm not like ashamed to be black, and I'm proud of like black accomplishments in history and stuff, but this year, decided to do <clears throat> something special, Jesus, am I, I don't know, I think I might have a bolo with this cough, sorry folks, anyway, uh, yeah, this year I want to do something cool, so what I decided to do was watch a movie every day uh, with black history in it. Or some based on black history. And I know you guys are thinking, what? Just in a movie? How revolutionary for a millennial uh, for a thing to say for you. I know. It's <clears throat> trying to mock myself, but that didn't go too well. Anyway, point is, I'm watching a movie every day. And so far, for the first two days, I watched two different uh, movies on Amazon about uh, the great, the greatest uh probably civil rights figure the world has come to respect and <clears throat> whitewash a little bit anyway i'm talking about the great dark martin luther king man and uh 
I was watching a couple documentaries on him uh, and the reason <clears throat> decided to do that this year was because I, I do listen to democracy now. You know, I am a black person that listens to the news. We do still exist. And uh, they were talking about this documentary coming out. Actually, they came out of Sundance called uh, King of the Something. I have to look it up. Anyway, it was a documentary on how Dr. Martin Luther King, quote unquote, didn't die from a bullet per se. He died of a broken heart. And <clears throat> what is this thing called? King in the Wilderness. Which, and, you know, I, I sat through the interview to try to figure out what the hell they were talking about because I'm pretty sure a bullet does more damage than some feelings sometimes. But uh, it was pretty interesting. They were talking about how there was dissension in the King camp uh, his final few years when he started really doing more controversial takes against the war um, in Vietnam and <clears throat> speaking up more so for, like, the economic imbalance in America that's been created and sustained and how, you know, it's not just racism, folks. It's, you know, poor people in general are the ones getting short-staffed, short-sticked, whatever, uh, in America. Anyway, long story short. It was a very interesting piece on Democracy Now! I do recommend it. But uh, that got me started on this little monthly crusade of watching a, a civil rights movie every day. So, on Amazon, one of the first ones I watched, I'm going to pull it up. I know I'm a terrible host. I should already have this pulled up. Whoopsies. The first one was called Man of Peace in a Time of War, King. That was pretty cool because it sh uh, gave a lot of insight into <clears throat> the civil rights movement and what Dr. King experienced. You know, he there's a lot of infighting going on, apparently. Like, I didn't know he and Stokely Carmichael uh, had beef. Always, you know, they're two of my favorite, you know, civil rights leaders. You know, that's like saying uh, Maggie Johnson and Larry Bird are two of your favorite basketball players. I only care. I respect the hell out of both of these dudes and what they did. But didn't know they argued so much about uh, their stances and stuff. Stokely Carmichael wanted to be more uh, <clears throat> more in the, 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 the Malcolm X camp of no more nonviolence when, uh, you know, people are beating the crap out of you and spraying you with water hoses and king was steadfast through that like he he, he got in arguments with him he got an argument it, it's not just about the arguments but it, that was just an interesting piece and i'm not going to harp on that because i i am i'm trying to uplift the black man i'm not going to do that <clears throat> by bringing us down with this one movie because this other important stuff it it also highlighted um a lot of important women in the civil rights movement not just rosa parks but all these other women whose uh names i sadly forget which just goes to show you uh, men, we got to do better and remembering the ladies and stuff, especially when they're always there to support us. Anyway, that was one movie. And the other one I saw wasn't really a movie. It was a 30 minute clip. Uh, it was called Martin Luther King Jr. Press Conference. And again, both of these are on Amazon. Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, if you hear this right now, feel free to give me, uh, you know, some credit. You know, I'll take an Amazon gift card. I'll keep plugging your little website man if you want me to but uh yeah i can use some money i buy stuff every now and then anyway the other one was pretty cool to me martin luther king jr press conference and that one was basically uh taking place in the early 60s i want to say 63 it was a on-air press conference that was held between dr king a moderator and then three news representatives from one from ghana 
one from India, which, you know, <clears throat> God bless them. Uh, don't know why you're there, but hey, you know, I guess they get news over there too. And uh, the South, because you need at least one white dude. Otherwise, it's not fair. Anyway, doc, one thing I, I I grew to admire about Dr. King just from this is just how, and there was a scene at the end of King, Man of Peace in the time of War II, where he was being interviewed on TV and like the way they came at him with questions and both of these things, it was, it's a lot for like, there's no way I could sit there and like be as composed and well-spoken and well thought out as he was, man. Like not only was his resolve unwavering, but he could get on you with, like he said little things that were moving, uh, you know, you know, for the big pe uh, speeches and stuff, but like. He could say no thank you and be like, oh, this dude makes me want to go to church. Like, that's how powerful his voice and impact was, man. And I just really respected what both of these uh, movies are. This movie and this uh, on an interview were really able to show <clears throat> uh, to me about Dr. King, man. But, uh, yeah. All that to say, uh, Dr. King's a great man, but I was at a show last night. With the homie Bad Guy Flex out there at uh, MVP near the convention center in Washington, D.C. And, you know, it was a sight to behold. It was a, uh, you know, if, if you know Flex, good dude, puts on a hell of a show, has one of the most crazy sustained comedy staminas I've ever seen. Like, he'd go up there and do 45 minutes, have someone else come up and do like another hour and a half. It's bonkers how long he can, you know, entertain and yeah just really entertaining people with comedy with the real everything so props to flex for always putting me on the show but anyway last night just to wrap this up a little bit i was wrap it up it's my show y'all be patient anyway is that a show i got some stage time and there was a woman celebrating her birthday there uh named gloria or glow as the streets call it anyway i was talking to her i was doing my set asked her a question like because I was talking about these movies I just watched. It was like, uh, you know, it was Black History Month. I wanted to see what people were doing. You know, because that always makes for great material. <clears throat> and I asked her, like, what were you around? For? Long story short, I asked her, would she ever have sex with Dr. King? And she said no. And it's an older woman. I want to say 60s or 70s. And granted, he's dead. But we're talking about if he's, like, alive or something. She told me she would not have doc uh, sex with Dr. King if it meant better for the civil rights movement. And that's crazy. That's crazy to me. You wouldn't you wouldn't take one for the team? Like, the team is taken for you? As much marching as he did, if he came into your house one day, he was like, I want to come on your tits. And you were like, No. That's wild, man. Like, I, I, hey, if I was a girl, I would gladly give it up for him. As much as he did for other people, the least you can do is be a landing board for the movement, the Black Panthers, civil rights, all that stuff, man. Take one for the team is all I'm saying, Gloria. Other than that, dude, it was, like, again, great show. Always, like, doing uh, shows with Flex, man. He's a very positive force out there in the community and stuff. So, yeah, that was a good night last night. And, uh, you know, that's just part of the game, man. Some nights are good. Some nights are bad. Luckily, last night was a good night for me. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this portion of the podcast. And coming up next, we have your guest for today. 
Are you excited? I'm so excited for them. I'm super excited to have them coming on to the podcast next. Actually, just uh, stick around and you'll find out. Two seconds. We'll be right back. Thanks for waiting, guys. And now let's start our conversation with our guest today, Mahogany Persip. You good? Yeah, I'm good. You sure? I think so. You want to do some like breathing exercises or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> good. Okay. Are you sure you want to be on this podcast? I don't know. Why not? Because I don't really like this stuff. You don't like what? I don't really like talking about myself or my voice. Or and I like my voice. An audience, but I don't want to do anything in the public like you do for the rest of my life. So it's different. But yeah, like I was saying, I did watch. Did you listen to what I was saying earlier? Mm-hmm. With the two things I watched about Dr. Yeah. King? Oh. Have you seen either of those before? No. Did they interest you? Or do you even like. Are you a fan of Dr. King? <laughs> um, I think that... Is he your favorite? Is he your favesies? He's not my favesies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he did a very good job, and I think he was a person that not only stuck to his convictions and was able to make people um, believe in him and um, be with him through his journey, but I think that he's also chosen because he was easier for some of the majority to also handle for history. I don't think that it's really um, easy for them to teach black history in general. So I think that sometimes it makes it um, easier when you pick someone like him. Like him. They don't even make it easy. They make it... They, okay, so what they did do. It might not be easy, but the ways they try to make it easy really do mm-hmm. take away from all the work he does. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I think that um, they make him seem... Like a good boy, like a good old boy. Like he never like, messed up, and I think that... Oh, no, they made movies about how he messed up. Selma, that's all that was, is to say he been sleeping with other women and stuff. Yeah, but that's just different. It's not... They didn't make him ever seem like he was angry, right? He was never really going to... Oh, yeah. He's, he, was, he was never going to <laughs> do certain things that Malcolm X did or um, a lot of other people did. I think that they just made him... They made him remembered... For only a few things, right? Like they do most people. Uh, and I think that that's why sometimes I struggle with him just because there's so many other people that were with him, organizing with him, and I don't think they get the credit that they deserve. All those ladies, yeah. Um, and I think that it's something that happens all the time, right? We remember one person and we don't think about anybody else that might have helped or been right along their side the whole entire time. Yeah, all those good husbands out there that help their women get to where they want to be in life don't get any credit, do they? They don't get the credit they deserve. No, they don't. They don't. They don't at all. Uh, uh, okay, so yes, we're here. Welcome back to the mm-hmm. podcast on the grind with your host Justin Brown. Today we have a very special guest. To me, <laughs> is my girlfriend Mahogany Person. Mahogany, say hello to the people. Hello. How are you? This is clearly her first time, <laughs> so please forgive her. I'm sorry. She sounds nervous. She is I playing am. with her hair like a white woman. 
Oh my gosh, no. Just twirling it, thinking <laughs> she has pigtails and shit. Anyway, well, it's good to have you here. Mm-hmm. You're just talking a little bit about Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and his importance because it is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, is he your favorite civil rights activist? He's not my favorite. Like, hold on. Let me not. Let me stop there. Let me re-ask this. Not the whitewash version. From wow. the real history of what you know, is he your favorite based on that? Not because they gave him a holiday, but not in all <laughs> states at the same time because wow. there's still racism here. But yeah. Um, no. One, I don't have favorites. And, you know, that's just my thing. Uh, because I think that it takes so many more people to make a movement happen. I think that he was definitely one of the people that we should honor um, the most. And I wish that any person um, teaches their child the true legacy and journey of him, you know, not waiting for schools to kind of just water him down. So you think people, with that being said, mm-hmm. you, do you think people are adequately... Uh, prepared to do so they have the right tools at their disposal right knowledge at their disposal to do that i'm 28 mm-hmm. and i've done a lot of reading and stuff of my own i don't feel that way like i have the proper tools and stuff uh, i just know there's more to them than a parade and the stone of hope do i think that people have enough tools or resources absolutely do i think people have enough energy to absolutely not i think that's the difference i think that um part of Wanting to know more about a person means you have to do your own research because no one's going to tell you the full story ever. Um, They're going to tell you the perception that they want that person to have. So I do think that um, it's very important to make sure that we are not only learning about certain individuals ourselves, but also advocating and encouraging young people to find the information out themselves and have their own opinions and not just read what is a um, approved book in high school to read about that particular person. All right, so you don't have favorites. Well, let's, no. let's stick on the subject of Dr. King. Mm-hmm. If you lived during the Civil Rights Movement, mm-hmm. what are what is the biggest sacrifice you're willing to wait, make for the movement? Mm. That's a really hard question. Uh is it? I don't know. It is a hard question because, you know, it's so easy to say, like, I would have gave my life. I would have I would have did this. I would have did that. And I think in the moment. That's why you say it. I would have gave my life. <laughs> That's why you would have said it. But go ahead. No, but I think that it's a hard thing to think about because during that time, it was what they knew, right? So it's not even, it's different than what I think now, right? Now, now I've lived a whole different life. So, of course, I would have pushed a lot harder probably because I would have been like, oh no, I, I've seen the future compared. Nothing's changed that much, but I've seen the future um, enough to know that we can keep, you know, marching on. I think that definitely education was a big one. I think that I think about some of the people who were the first black or black women to be in certain programs. And I'm a huge person on education is power and no one can take that away from you. So I think that I probably would have been more, in that realm of marching and if I needed to get something thrown at me to be one of the only blacks at a certain school, I think that that's probably something I'd be willing to sacrifice doing. Yeah, I would have gave my life, you know what I mean? <laughs> I am 
I'm not going to sit here in front. If I had to die for Dr. King, so why don't you tell the people about what you do, Mahogany, and why you're here? Um, I work in education. Mm-hmm. So right now I work with underrepresented, low-income, first-generation high school students nice. in the area. And it is my job to not only be their um, cheerleaders and their mentor and guide them, but also be there to help their parents through some of those tough decisions as far as next steps for their children becoming adults and going to college and things like that. I also do uh, research in diversity. So I focus on faculty of color and what it means to have a teacher that looks like you while you're learning. And I also focus on um, safe spaces or diversity centers in predominantly white schools and why they're important and how they get funded. That is a hell of a lot. Where (laughs) would you get the crazy idea to want to do all this stuff from, though? I think that I went to predominantly white schools. Um, For my master's program, I had the opportunity and I would say the privilege to go to school basically for free. And uh, especially going... But you earned that, though, right? Don't just, definitely you know, earned it. Exactly. <laughs> definitely she, earned it. She was in Silver Spoon, that joint. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not just saying that because, you know, we be doing stuff. I'm <laughs> saying that because she's a hardworking lady. Go ahead. Yeah, but I think that, like, getting a degree in education, especially from a super expensive school, is an opportunity for me to meet and network with people. And from that, I just learned how limited faculties of colors were and how many of us um people of color were just waitlisted to be in these classes because we wanted to see a professor like us uh also when I was doing my research I was asked a few times to change my subject just because there wasn't any faculty to support the theories that I had or the research interests that I had and from that I created a program and the program not only gave students of color Uh, the space to have those kind of conversations and to be a support system to each other and find resources and mentors to help them out with those kind of things, but also being able to educate those who wanted to be an ally. I think that being an ally is an amazing thing, but it's also a dangerous thing if you do it wrong. And I think that a lot of people weren't telling some of the majority that if you're going to be in education and you're going to go to urban areas and teach kids that are not like you and didn't have the luxuries that you had, then you don't get the privileges to be a white savior, right? Like you need to be able to... She's touching on it. (laughs) You need to be able to understand and, and have some type of emotional intelligence as well as cultural knowledge. So that was the program that I started. Okay, so it sounds like... You did a lot of things, and you created a lot of systems and supports, um, and still are working on creating systems and supports mm-hmm. that you maybe didn't have or wish you would have had mm-hmm. going through your own experiences. Very much so, yeah. That's true. I don't. I didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> I went to school online, so I don't know. I hope you all have better internet connections than I did, but other than that, I ain't got nothing for you. All right, that's cool. Um... Do you think Black History Month has a place in the world today? Yes, I do. I think that I wish we did more of Black History Month. 
Um, Define we. We as a society. All Americans. <laughs> all just, of you. Just listening. All three of you. Um, in education alone, I I was at one of the schools in the area that's a predominantly white school, and I was thinking about admissions and how they're always talking about. I want to diversify the school and that diversity sentence in every college of we accept all as they are kind of thing. And I thought, why is there not more black people giving tours and doing admission, especially during Black History Month? Why are we not going and not only showing students the opportunities that they can have at some of these schools, but also educating them and celebrating them with focusing on them for that month as well. And I think that we talk a lot about history, um, but at some of the diversity centers that I've been around, they call it heritage and celebration instead of history because they feel like people are always looking at the past and never looking at what still needs to be done and next steps and things like that. That's interesting. That's I, you know I didn't go to a real school, so that's the first time I've heard of that kind of idea. I think everyone, regardless of what you're into, should know the history of what you're doing or where you come from, because that's what helps, you know, shape the world you live in today. There's something you wanted to touch on? Okay. I saw Angela Rai speak this week. Oh, yeah. And good gracious, talk about Black History Month. Oh, my goodness. Uh, She was uh, amazing, first of all. And I think she did a really good job of bringing history to uh, current events. So we talked a lot about economic um, growth. Mm. And I think that's something that the black community continues to struggle with, right? Supporting each other, um, savings, 401ks, all those things. And she started talking about a lot of the Black Panther movement to kind of create wealth within each other, help each other out, things like that. And why that's something that we have to, again, focus on. And I think that... um, she spoke a lot but about looking at history, seeing what they started, seeing what they didn't finish, and revamping it for now. They being who? They being any civil rights movement, um, any organization, things like that. I think that uh, we talked a lot a bit about voting and how there were so many organizations to push um, black voting. And then once it happened, it's kind of like, okay, we got it, done. And now we're in a situation where a lot of people of color don't vote. And a lot of people of color are, you know, starting to get, it's, it's still hard to vote in certain areas. And I think that she was right in saying the importance of voting, the importance of um, running. So even for your city council, even for your county council, like why that matters mm-hmm. and how we just look at presidency and we don't know a lot of issues. Well, yeah, I mean, we all know the media. Oh, I'm not saying nothing new to anybody out there. But we all know the media shapes what's important and what they want us to really look at. Um, but it's interesting you say that, though, because I know there is a big stigma held against the black community, but also at the same time within the black community mm-hmm. about voting and being supportive of that. It reminds me of this movie I'm watching or rewatching. I'm watching Black Hawk Down again, D- down, comma again, and it reminds me of the line in the movie uh, 
where the dude who I don't know was supposed to sound Australian, but he's not. Weird. <laughs> anyway, he said something like, uh, "You know, once that bullet, uh, first bullet whizzes by your head, the politics and the rest of the bullshit go out the window." And I think that's very true. Um, mainly because you know not everybody has like a bullet whizzing by their head, yeah. but like when reality or think higher priority stuff comes by, like that's very easy to be casting. Casting uh, politics and voting to the side to the point where you're just voting for the person whose lawn sign you saw last. Not the detractor you were saying. No, but you also have more things to vote on, right? <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of history on how easy it was to vote during a certain period of time because you're voting for certain things compared yeah, to now. On race you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, depending depending on now. And it's like, you agree with one thing, but you don't agree with the other thing. And, it, you know, you have more Democrats, more liberals, more independents. And I think that I believe soon independents and liberals are definitely going to have a, a chance of winning just because the winning, what? winning the winning le- elections more um, just because Democrats and Republicans have had their time. And I think that a lot of people are frustrated and almost fed up with it. So I think that soon we'll start to see others who are thinking outside the box and don't always have um, the most straight and narrow kind of viewpoints winning. That could be true. Or is that just to say you'll be running for your local office in like a decade or so? Because we can hear how intelligent she sounds, right, folks? That sounds like a resounding applause to me. Why wouldn't you ever run for office? I don't like my life being public. I think that running for You're not office. One of these Instagram. You don't have an Instagram. You don't have very a Twitter. Very different. Very different. No one is expecting me to be on my p's and q's every day of the week, every moment of the day, and uh, reporting on it, and you know telling me my likes or my votes or my polls are based on what wine I had or that I wore my natural hair that day or anything like that. And, you know, I think that that's just a very difficult thing. And I also think that we need more people who job it was to actually study some of these things. I'm so sick and tired of seeing celebrities win. No shade to any celebrity, but... Shade to all of y'all. <laughs> y'all stink. Stick to movies. Good gracious. Just because you are good at your field does not mean you know what's great for the rest of the world or the rest Talk of the world. Talk show host is not a field, by the way. It is a <laughs> you know how to brand yourself does not mean you get to brand a state, a city, or I don't know, a country. That's true. Plus, I think the bar is just so low right now. We'll settle for uh, Chester the Cheetah or whoever the Cheetos cat is. Or <laughs> anybody is not going to say screw Mexicans out loud. All right, last question, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, second last. Okay. So, are you going to go see Black Panther? Are you going to go see Black Panther because it's Black History Month? Or oh, I was going to see Black Panther whenever it came out, so... I'm glad I'm glad it's during Black History Month and I'm so excited to see so much brown sugar in one room. Um but I am really excited just because of the storyline and where it comes from and how it was created. She also there. has the hots for uh Michael B. Jordan. Who can blame her? Good looking guy. 
<laughs> Good looking guy. I actually am just really looking forward to see how they took the four hours that they really made the movie oh, and yeah. cut it into two digestible hours. But I'm hoping that when it comes out on DVD, they'll have like the whole entire uncut four hours. Great. So you heard it here, folks. She already told me what she wants for her birthday. The only gift <laughs> is an uncut director's cut of uh, Black Panther. That's definitely doable. I'm glad I don't have to do anything else. All right, cool. So I know you have to run. So you know, it's good to have you on, of course. And uh, hey, thanks for setting aside a time for this. I know I uh, kind of held you hostage to do so. But I appreciate you being here nonetheless. Um, any final words you'd like to say to the people or person? Uh, I just want to say, like, if you are on your grind trying to make your own brand or business or just really being in the community, I really appreciate you. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are rooting for you. And I just encourage you to keep on moving even when it's hard. That's what she said. All right. <laughs> well, thanks, for Mahogany. Thanks for being on here. Hey, guys. So that wraps up episode one of On the Grind with Justin Brown. I'd like to thank my uh, first and inaugural guest, Mahogany Person. As you heard, she's doing big things out there. And I expect to see even bigger things so I can get a cut of that paycheck. <laughs> but no, seriously, folks. Uh, hey, thank you for listening. It's really appreciated. And, you know, uh, I want to keep working hard at this podcast as well as other things. Uh, it can only go up from here, man. So the next time you listen, I will make sure it is even more so worth your while so again i appreciate you please know you can find the podcast online at soundcloud and itunes soon and when you get a chance go in leave me some comments feedback ratings so i know how to make the next one even better for you you can find me justin brown stand up online uh social media black j brown b-l-a-c-k-j-b-r-o-w-n on Twitter and Instagram and hope to have the website up soon and I will put that in I'll put it somewhere where you can find it as soon as it's up but thank you all again and till next time